with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Wrap it up, baby. I'll take it. Uh, welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Morning Drive. Uh, 28th day of December. Uh, Kurt has the week off. Anthony here with you. And uh, in the in the big chair, co-hosting today is Rob Roper. And uh, joining Rob and I now is uh, Mike Donahue. Good morning, Mike. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, Rob. Hey, Mike. Nice to doing? see you in the chair there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Get comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's sitting right in there. He's all good. Gave him the Wi-Fi password, and away he went. You know, he could become the new uh, weather person, you know? He was just yeah. <laughs> yeah, delivering yeah, I'm those getting camps. A, I'm getting a flair for reading those temperatures. <laughs> Started to put my own spin on things. Right. Well, you know, that's one of the things that we do with the guest hosts, only because it, it's different, and they're like, okay, I'll read the temperatures. And then usually by the end of the show, they're like, well, I'm going to throw a little something in here. And I just I like to see what happens, you know? <laughs> Well, I hope I didn't disappoint. No, no. <laughs> it's easy when three of them were the same number, though. Yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> I know. This time, you know, it, it, it is, and I, like, I always like to say um, the hot spot, especially when it's like twenty degrees below zero. And people look at their radio; they're like, "What? what there's a hot spot?" You know, <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, yeah." Just come on and see if you're listening. That's all. So, Mike, uh, uh, I thought it would be fun to have a conversation. Uh, I, I knew Rob was going to be here, and and you both have uh, what I consider to be background and inside knowledge from different aspects of the state that's going on, you know. And I thought it would be fun to have you come in and say, "Here, you know, top two or three stories that I worked on," uh, uh, and for 2023, and then we, we'd have a conversation about it and bat it back and see how it relates to. A lot of the the the, the stuff that, that Rob wrote this this past year that you didn't see in other places, and I think that both of you bring um, what I would consider background knowledge or substantial knowledge on things that most people in Vermont don't know about. I think is my my summation of that. So I thought it'd be a fun conversation, uh, and uh, I I just wondered when I. Uh, pose that question to you what, what do you think of the the two or three uh most significant stories you worked on in 2023 well i, I guess i'd have to say uh in a overall arching is is crime and the economy are probably the two biggest uh issues facing vermont and a lot of the stories were all interrelated uh and when i talk about crime Obviously, there's several parts to it. The large uptick in the number of homicides, especially since October, we've had uh, more than 10. Um, uh, some have been solved. Some are a little troubling, like the one down in Castleton, where I think it's a real whodunit uh, down there at the, by the state college. Um, double murder in Burlington. Um, uh double homicide up in uh, Lamoille County. Uh, I mean, it's been a really sort of violent times. And related to that is a lot of drug trafficking, um, mental health issues, Mm -hmm. homelessness. um, All of these things are somewhat all intertwined. And uh, it's something that the legislature is going to have to try to grapple with and try to find money for... Uh, uh, the homelessness, uh, the mental health 
issues that they're seeing more and more when law enforcement responds. So, not, not to interrupt, but um, when did you start reporting on, say, local crime? Uh, for, I, I just think of, you know, the legendary reporter from the Free Press. But just well, to I, give perspective, because if, if, if you feel now that this is unprecedented and you've been reporting on it for many years. I, I don't necessarily think it's unprecedented. I think it's always been... Uh, uh, out there, mm-hmm. sometimes it hasn't been addressed. Uh, I remember being on a panel with Marcellus Parsons from way back, but yep. uh, uh, and he always said the readers or the viewers uh, polls, and he would hold up his hand and he would say, "Crime and and money are the two top things." And he said every once in a while they'd flip flop, yep. which was bigger but money and crime you know and he would uh, say that was always it and but i think the the level of crime clearly has gotten beyond anybody's yeah i i, I that's why that's why I, I wondered because you you've you've been close to it for a, a long time and it feels like this is i i mean from from just a a, a spectator or a consumer of of uh, of, of your reporting and other people's reporting, it feels like it's never been like this. No, I don't think it has. And there's a side issue here, and maybe it's a topic for another day, but yeah. it's just what I've seen is a total lack of respect for the court system, state court system in Vermont, uh, the way it's crafted. Uh, it's a catch and release system whereby if you don't show up, they give you another citation and tell you to come down in another couple of weeks. You don't show up. They give you another citation, you know, yeah. and come down in a couple of weeks. You don't show up, you know, and, and there's just this no respect. So that when a judge says, I really mean this, well, it doesn't really mean anything. And people get released and the public keeps seeing these same people. And, and one of the issues is that, you know, they don't even tell people when you go to court, they put you out on conditions. They don't even order you not to commit any new crimes. They can tell you to have a curfew. They can tell you who you can live with. They can tell you all these things. But that's but not somewhere, one of the conditions. And it, it's, it's on the form. It's number three. So that's how important it was when they developed the form that you will not commit any new crimes. And, you know, that's why these people keep coming back. I mean, if there was a order, no new crimes, and they were held in contempt or whatever. But that's see now that's, that's an, a difference between state and federal court because federal court. Yeah, yeah. Do you and in federal court that they, they don't mess around. They don't mess around. So, um, what do you think? Uh, this is. Uh, I want to just kind of pose this a question a little bit, Rob. What do you think? How do you think we got there? How do you think we got to a point where our state courts? <laughs> seem to be kind of just these revolving doors. How do you, where do you see this? Well, I, I think there's sort of an experimental attitude on the folks who are in the supermajority uh, and on the Burlington City Council and the, the general political trend of the state that isn't really grounded in reality. And, and their policies is sort of like, well, if, if we just send out lovey vibes to people that they won't commit crimes, 
And, you know, if we don't stigmatize people for shoplifting, they won't shoplift. And if we don't stigmatize people for, you know, drug addiction, they'll, they'll seek help. And the reality is that all of that's wrong. Uh, and and we're seeing seeing the results of it. You know, if you, if you subsidize these activities or condone these activities, you get more of them, and and that is the reality, and that's what we're seeing. So, Mike, um, <clears throat> do you have? Um, I just I, I I I not to not to beat the crime thing. Um, I was I th- there's always something going on that you seem to kind of follow that other people aren't <laughs> following, and I and I and it may not be. Uh, as impactful as crime, but are there, there, what would you say that stands out on uh, for this past year where you were like, that's a head scratcher. I wonder why this happened or what's going on here. And why is that happening? Uh, there's always, it seems like you've always got two or three <laughs> things where you put, I, I like talking to Mike cause he puts things together <laughs> from different boxes and goes, Hmm, I wonder if these are related. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, if, if I can just swing back. Yeah. Of course, the other, do whatever the, the other thing is, the shooting with involving the three Palestinian students, yeah. I mean, that probably was a big eye-opener, that the irony of those kids, that they were sent to Vermont because it was going to be safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Being over in the West Bank. Yep. And the irony of safe Vermont, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And here they are at Thanksgiving time. Just walking down Going for a walk. And three of them get shot. One's is paralyzed. Uh, you know, it, it's just you know shocking, and, yeah. and it became a national story and mm-hmm. international story, and 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 everything like that. So I I think that's the the other part that. Uh, that kind of pulls it together with the, pull, with the crime and pull, the violence. Pulls it together, yeah, and the mental and, illness too, and mental illness issues. Uh, it's still not clear whether it's a hate crime or not, and there's just a lot there. But, and as I started to say, the the economy is going to be, especially when the legislature comes back, how much they're going to spend. They also have to worry about the issue of all the flooding we've had. You know, it, it, there's money to be spent on repairs and there's ARPA funds out there to be spent, and then we talk about the twenty percent tax rate. Yeah, the eighteen percent increase. Eighteen percent, uh, and that's where Rob has a, a kind of a handle on that because he he follows yeah, the backstory yeah, of Montpelier. But but it's all interrelated. So when yeah. you talk about crime, homelessness, drugs, whatever, mental health, you got to be talking about your checkbook too at the same time. Yeah, and, and that, that is where it, it all sort of – connecting the dots behind the scenes. As we had Mark Higley on um, uh, talking about we've got, we've got a problem with homelessness, which is related to the cost of homes and affordability, and yet you've got this climate regulations for new constructions that are going to add eighteen to $28,000 for a hundred uh, – what do we say? An 1,800-square-foot house to be built which then feeds back into you can't afford the house <laughs> and the workers that you need to come in to do all the building can't, can't work here. Um, and, you know, you're talking about the checkbook, but there are all these climate bills that they put in, the Global Warming Solutions Act, and it's as the umbrella, but then you've got the clean heat standard. They're going to have to put in either in 2024 or 2025 some similar tax on gasoline and diesel. Um, the regulations that Mark just 
just told you about. They're redoing the renewable energy standard, which is going to add tens of millions of dollars to you know Vermonters' overall electric bills. So they're they're taking all this money out for something that really isn't all that important to most voters. Lowering our CO two, and then you've got as you said, we've had all this flooding. There's no resilience in the Global Warming Solutions Act. There's no resilience mandate. So now they're saying, well, well now we. Oh my God! You know we we should be building barriers to, and dams and and raising things up so they don't get flooded. Well, I mean, okay, where's the money going to come from that? And and the other thing that somebody said to me the other day, there's there's like no dredging of the rivers anymore. That's environmentalists won't let you touch it. So, I mean, could we reduce the amount of flooding that happens if we went out? and dredge the Winooski River a little bit so that it didn't always overflow and flood downtown Montpelier and other places? I, I mean... Well, we did, and we, we talked to the <laughs> governor about that, and, and um, you know, he... he He's not a, a he. He agrees that the dredging should stop, but there should be diversion. There should be areas where the floodplains are expanded or expand the river as opposed to dredging. But but still, there needs to be an alter. The, the rivers do need to be altered, and they used to be consistently. Yeah. Uh, and and when you just stop doing that, I'm not a big proponent of messing with Mother Nature. But if you've done it for a hundred years and then you stop. Well, at some point you're going to pay the price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's 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 be honest. Uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, gentlemen. I have to say, where do you think we as taxpayers are going to come up with all this extra money to pay for all these extra items? Work well, harder. Your checkbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Work harder. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I mean, there are, as I said. The legislature is going to have to deal with these issues, and it's going to be a matter of priorities. And it's who gets to their legislators and squawks enough. I, I, I hope it's taxpayers. Actually, the, the, there was a recent poll done by Campaign for Vermont, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that they asked was, would Vermonters support a taxpayer bill of rights such as they have in Colorado? And I think it was like 66% of Vermonters across independents, Republicans, Democrats, all supported uh, in a majority a, a taxpayer bill of rights, which limits the amount of money the state can spend to a formula of um, it's inflation plus population growth. And if they raise any money beyond that, it has to be returned to the taxpayers. <laughs> so, so you know, that there, I, I think the fact that there's so much support for that concept yeah. that taxpayers have had enough. Well, I think um, the the most glaring uh, example of of last year's what I call cash grab was when you know motor vehicle department said no, we don't need to raise the fees. We're we're operating. We're we're efficient. We're operating. We're doing well. And they came back and said, yeah, but we haven't raised them in a while, so we're going to grab that twenty six million dollars. Yeah. yeah, and and, and I don't I don't remember departments. I mean, when 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 agencies say no, we're good. Uh, and, and I've never I don't ever remember that ever happening when they're like, you may be good, but you know, if you can afford $76, you can afford 110. Uh, We're going to grab that money. I, 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 that just confounds me. And so the idea of a taxpayer's bill of bill of rights, uh, yeah, I would think that at some point when you spend somebody else's money, somebody else has to stand up and say, Hey, I, I can't do this anymore. And that's what, and that's what was happening. I mean, with all those federal funds, they don't, well, I think they do, but they don't want to acknowledge it. Somebody's paying for that. 
and it's the taxpayers of Vermont, but it just doesn't seem like they're paying all of this federal money that we're handing out left and right. Yeah. And we're giving billions here and billions there uh, all over the country. Yeah. Somebody's got to pay for it at some point, And it's the grandchildren. Yeah. The <laughs> day right. of reckoning is coming. It really is. No, it is the grandchildren. The problem that we had with a lot of that COVID spending is is we spent one-time money on long-term programs or what are now turning out to be long-term programs. So the taxpayers of Vermont are having to pick up, for example, the $30 million a year for the free um, and free free lunch for everybody. Um, yeah. And that was, that's, and, and, I mean, and again, that sort of goes to the DMV thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to give it to everybody, even though, some parents told me, look, I'm good. My kids, right. I don't mind paying. Right. You know, and everything like, no, no, no. no Never no. mind. We don't want it so that it appears that some kids get it and some kids don't. We're just going to give it to everybody so that kids aren't at a disadvantage. And and it's like, yeah. No. But wait a minute. I'm willing to pay my right. fair share. No, we don't want you to. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> and that's the kids are, uh, the wealthy kids are what this, Increase in your property taxes to pay for this. About three cents per hundred dollars on your property taxes are going to this. And we already gave free and reduced lunch to lower and middle income kids. This is just for the rich kids. Yeah, it's the only expansion is for the for the for the wealthy. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, good morning. I um uh, I heard that Vermont just uh, enacted their first ethics laws for the government. And I haven't had a chance to review them, and I was wondering if anybody else has reviewed those ethics laws if it, and how they might guide our legislators in some of their decision-making and voting stances. Have I read, have you heard? I, I you know, um, I, I, I didn't realize that anything had been enacted, but I do know that there was conversations periodically that there isn't really, um, or correct me if I'm wrong, any kind of ethics uh outlined laws that govern uh, uh, the, the legislature or state employees or things. Have you, have you heard anything about any of that? I, I, you know, there's the ethics commission in mm-hmm. Vermont, but I mean, it's somewhat toothless. And, right. And, you know, and I, I have a vague recollection that they passed something <laughs> having to do with uh, some conflict of interest disclosures, but, yeah. uh, I, I would have uh, Ben Kinsley on from Campaign for Vermont sometime. Uh, Ask him about that. Because that's, yeah. that's their big issue is the ethics stuff. Over yeah, he was just on to talk about, about the survey. And, um, and you know, I think they did their, you know, immediately it was discounted that it was a political uh, slant to it. But um, they hired two separate firms, uh, one who's predominantly hired by conservative organizations and one that's predominantly hired by liberal uh, organizations and, and had them both conduct the study. So I think they, the study is pretty valid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the one that you were referencing before. Um, and most Vermonters, I think, feel the, you know, the way that the, the we're headed is just unsustainable. And um, I think um, this coming legislative session, uh, people really need to, uh, to talk about, uh, about, what's going to happen and, and need to be engaged with their representatives. Now, on a state level, there's going to be a big change in Burlington. Miro is stepping down. He's not running for re-election. Uh, Mike, what's your, uh, 
What's your take uh, on on the political scene in Burlington and how it's going to impact uh, the state? Well, I, I I think you your listeners got a preview the other day when you had Moral Weinberger on, and it was clear he was running for governor as of that day, and and you know he started talking about, and I'm listening in the car, and he's talking about you know we really got to this drug problem. We've got to pull together all the state departments, public safety and health and this and that and everything like this. And I'm like talking like a real candidate for governor and Kurt immediately piped in. Sounds like you're running for governor. (laughs) And so I'm sure everybody else got it too, but you know, he's going to have an uphill battle. uh, What he doesn't, his handlers or whoever just aren't, making it clear to him that it, he's not well-liked in Burlington necessarily. He just barely won by 125 votes last time around. He just barely got 50%. And the other part is the rest of Burlington, the rest of Vermont does not really enjoy Burlington. And so there's an anti-Burlington movement. So, and, and there's a feeling that he hasn't done much positive and that they're going to hold that against it's sort of like the Gavin Newsom thing. You know, you can't run a state. Now you want to run a nation, maybe. It's it's like, there you, you know, go. you can't run a city, and now you want to run the whole state. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting way to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I want to thank, uh, thank, thanks for coming in, Mike. It goes fast. Uh, I will say that Phil Scott will run again. Okay. So I do say, that's, a, that's one prediction I will Phil give Scott you. Phil Scott and Moreau Weinberger are running. Uh. I, well, I don't know if Moreau will, whether he'll see the light between now and then that he can't beat Phil. And- All right. <laughs> Rob, thank you very much for co-hosting today. It was a lot of fun. It was. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate you coming in. The conversations have been great. Uh, have a happy new year to both of you gentlemen. Happy new Same year. Same to you both. And uh, tomorrow, uh, wrapping up the week with uh, Ted Tomlinson from uh, from the Spank Puppy. It's going to be fun. We're going uh, to have a lot of games and just kind of <laughs> really just kind of kick out 2023 on a on a on a lighthearted note so join us here 